He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. If we want to address more travelers to our industry, we need to go above the general furnishing, the, furnish, the general property. We need to start delivering more hospitality, hotel-like experience to our guests to say, hey, first of all, this is a very cool place to stay in. Secondly, you have 100% privacy and security. And number three, hey, this is a unique place that you will not get anywhere else. And I totally agree with you. I think we need to become more innovative as an industry. You know, we have, we, we again, we, you know, we did, we, we actually did ourselves bad and, and put content on there that gave us again, a bad reputation on become, being a secondhand car dealership or, or a Tupperware party where mm -hmm. it's just the same, the same, the same. And people just say, this is not a good experience. So I believe that quality of units will lift. And uniqueness needs to be lifted as well, because if we want to address these remaining 70% of U.S. travelers who don't rent, then we need to deliver something better than just a furnished price summer. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. This podcast is brought to you by Hostfully. We make property management software and digital guidebooks that help vacation rental managers all over the world optimize and scale operations. We are grateful to be joining Will Slickers and the Slick Podcast listeners to provide value to you, the vacation rental professional. At Hostfully, we're data geeks and we love partnering with other companies in the vacation rental space to bring the most insightful content, analysis, and market reports. You can even see specific market reports about what amenities are important and how demand looks in your region. We also love to share best practices. To learn more about what you can do to improve your vacation rental business, visit our industry-leading blog at www.hostfully.com. There, you'll find resources that will help you understand how to take advantage of multi-channel distribution, dynamic pricing, automation, and more. Along with Will Slickers, we hope you consider us as your helpful guide in building your vacation rental business. Learn more at hostfully.com. That's H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com. everybody welcome back to slick talk the hospitality podcast i'm your host will slickers and again another exciting episode on the show um obviously the show has been a little bit different with the whole pandemic and COVID 19 but uh my promise to all the listeners is to continue to put out content and episodes out there and i'm thankful for the guest that we have today simon lehman who is the founder of ajl consulting he's based in switzerland but uh, he's a man of many, many skills, and uh, I would say a master in the industry. So, Simon, thank you for being on the show with me today. How are we doing? Thanks, Will. Thank you for the very kind introduction. We're doing great. I just said, uh, you know, this is all what podcast is all about. I was a bit late to the call today because I had to get three kids out of the pool because daddy had to go and do a podcast. So, so this is where that we're, uh, we're all set on a Sunday afternoon. So it's all good. <laughs> Awesome. Well, again, yeah, thank you for the flexible time. Um, 
uh, as like I said, the show's been different. You know, I used to have all the time in the world to record and I could record 20 episodes a week. Uh, but now I can only get like one or two maybe uh, on the days off. So thank you for being flexible. It's a much pleasure. It's a real pleasure. And thank you for all your initiatives you're taking, Will. Really appreciate it. Well, awesome. Simon, let's um, go ahead and dive into the meat of the episode and get to know who you are a little bit um, for the guests or for not the guests, for the listeners. Um, I've been seeing AJL consulting on all sorts of social medias and press releases. And I was like, okay, who's, who's this guy? Like what's going on? I've never seen much of them, but all our networks are intertwining. And so I figured, you know, let's get to know who he is a little bit. So Simon, if you want to jump in and introduce. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a true vacation rental and short-term rental enthusiast and I've been in the industry for 15 years. So my, my, my real background is logistics, supply chain, supply chain, airline industry for a long time, uh, transportation, which, you know, uh, then later has brought me into the travel industry and now 15 years in the vacation rental industry. I've run the, one of the largest property management companies in the world. I was able to serve on the board of HomeAway, which is a very exciting time before we sold that to Expedia. And in the meantime, I've started to invest in a number of startups across the valley chain, you know, across the valley chain of, of vacation rentals. So connecting owners with guests, we have verticalized the valley chain quite substantially. And I always said for my investment theory, I want to I wanna be an investor in, in each and every part um, of, of, of this valley chain. And this is basically what I've done. Um, two years ago, I've decided, hey, you know, it's time to, to actually um, sort of connect all the expertise and the network that I've built across mm-hmm. the 15 years being in the travel industry. You know, I was, I was in 2005 attending the first Focusrite conference, which sort of has shown me what digitization is doing to travel. And, and I found that always extremely intriguing. And, and during these last 15 years, I've been able to build a, a, a tremendous network of, of, of individuals within the vacation rental and online travel space and seeing it how it's involved where when I got into it, you know, it was, it was, you know, on the level of a secondhand car dealership or, mm-hmm. or sort of Tupperware trading, right? I mean, vacation rental was just like for people desperate, you know, staying in someone else's place. It's been around for a lot longer than hospital hotels. We always said that. And I always make the point that vacation rental, short-term rental has been around longer than, 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 than Brian Chesky has been alive and, uh, and also Brian Sharples. And, and interesting enough, we've probably shared our caves when we, were, when we were hunting for mammoth and it was raining. So we stayed in someone else's cave. So shared economy is nothing new either. And, and this is what I'm really excited about. And, and I think now with, with COVID-19, when, when people ask me what is happening to vacation rental, I always said, you know, this is the most robust travel vertical that there is. Mm-hmm. And after any crisis, and I have seen a few in the, in the past 15 years, and I always said right at the beginning of COVID-19, I was asked by a lot of journalists and, 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 and panels and associations and podcasts, you know, what's happening. And I said, vacation rental will recover faster than any other travel vertical. And bingo, here we go. It has recovered super fast, uh, obviously depending on, on destination, everything else, mm-hmm. but it has recovered quicker than airlines, quicker than 
hotels, definitely quickening cruise ships and, and many other travel verticals. So there we go. And, and now people want an alternative for being locked down. You know, today I was sitting in my garden reading the newspapers and it just said, you know, Spain is now basically in phase three after 14 weeks of lockdown. I think yeah. the first thing you want to do is you want to stay at home, away from home, right? And yeah. vacation rental is the way to go. <laughs> No, that's 100% true. And I, I think we've seen a lot of markets open up. Um, and like many other case studies, we've seen that the staycation model is now becoming very much in use with people not wanting to travel more than like a, about 100 miles away from home. And this is something that um, I've been kind of focusing on as a, I guess, industry expert um, is becoming a destination air and how it's not about the destination, so to speak. Um, you know, growing up, I thought, Bahamas or Fiji was the destination, but really you can make that in your hometown, in your home city. Um, it doesn't need to be somewhere super extravagant. You can make it um, be somewhere that people want to draw to. So I think it's really unique to see the see the markets open in that, that aspect. Um, but let's get back to the beginning of your journey with AJ, AJL, excuse me. Um, so what made you start? How many people are involved? Um, and of course, now let's kind of add a part two question in there. What did your day look like normally prior to COVID-19? And what does your day look like now? Obviously, you're just talking about getting your kids out of the pool, getting ready to do a podcast. So that's probably a little bit different than your normal day to day. But kind of kind of curious to see what the differences are now. Absolutely. I mean, having a podcast on Sunday is definitely something new to my day today, without a doubt, Will. And, and, but we are, we're standing together in the industry, and now it's best time than ever to stand together and, 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 and support everybody's initiatives. And for that, I want to thank you as well of, of making all these efforts, you know, serving the National Army right now that you do in Washington and use your spare time in your hotel room to put some content for your audience together. That's pretty impressive. So I will do the same for you as well. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I've been in corporate roles pretty much all my career, I had very different CEO roles. And then finally, I decided, look, it's time for me to do something on my own and leverage my network. Mm -hmm. And we were running a consultancy firm. So pre-COVID, I was traveling. So my last flight was on the 12th of March. We'll never forget it. It was, on a champ, it was on a champ-packed flight back from London where, I, where we just a, attended the Short Stay show and the yeah. Shorties Award the day before. And yeah, I, was I was like, what, what, what the heck? Uh, uh, what's going on, right? And yeah. then, you know, my flight from London to Zurich the day before was I had a private jet with 100 seats. So that was pretty amazing. Um, but obviously coming back from London, the, the, the plane was champ-packed to the last seat everybody getting out and, and, and obviously trying to like making some serious decisions and serious plans. Yeah. And, and I think from then on, my life has changed substantially to the, to the, to the great for my family, because finally they've seen me three months in a row, which has probably not happened in the last three years once. Um, so my, my life was traveling a lot, speaking at conferences, doing consulting jobs with my customers and everything else. And, and at the same time now I needed to get my team together who is located in Paris and in Spain in Barcelona and, and make sure, you know, that we're, 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 we're safe. Everybody's well, uh, you know, get out of the co-working place, stay at home. Do you have the infrastructure to work and everything else? So that's the first thing we did. And then, and then we started to have our daily call in the morning, which was very important for 
for um, <clears throat> you know for for the mental health as well. You know, especially our colleagues in in Barcelona has been hit brutally hard. They weren't allowed to go out. Not even like some had like one of our our fellow colleagues of AGL have kids. For them, it was brutal being in their apartment. Uh, they couldn't even take them out shopping. Uh, yeah. They were only allowed to quickly do their, their daily shopping and go back again. So it was, it was devastating. So we needed to make sure we have a good engagement. Our technology obviously was set up already. We're pretty flexible, but this was important to the staff as well. You know, building this connection, having them engage every day, and 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 having some laughters. On, on we had some amazing. Um, events on the, on the video calls and then we ended up making uh, a video um, a little video about finding my red shoes because I always wear red shoes in my conferences mm -hmm. where I'm on stage and I'm getting introduced with the man with the red shoes and and we sort of made a thing about finding them and we found them in Barcelona and they came all the way to Switzerland so it was actually quite funny that we we, we made use of, of digital media immediately and then we started creating the conference content as well. So we, we produced AGL Profitability Hub, uh, first and second edition, where we you know, invited a lot of our customers. We, we engaged with our customers in different format. We wanted to give our customers exposure to, to the vacation rental audience by sharing uh, tremendous value. We talked about a lot of different topics, revenue management, profitability, franchise, um, data obviously is a big topic, technology adoption, you know, yeah. what is the time best spent in COVID while reviewing your own strategy in terms of distribution. So this is what we did. So we started to provide a lot of content and we still were lucky enough that we have very loyal customers who still engaged us in some consulting work, which was great for us. So we were still were able to do some revenue and obviously not the same amount than what we were used to, but uh, things went, worked quite well for us. And now it's a, it's a matter of moving on, looking at opportunities. You know, M&A is taking along quite heavy. Uh, obviously, we had a very strong buyer's market with, with Vacasa, Waze, uh, Oyo, and, and, and Sykes Cottages out there in the market looking at targets. Obviously, that has eased off quite substantially. But now smaller companies who have raised capital pre-COVID are now looking at buying some other property manager at, at, at cheaper prices. So... M&A is definitely not over yet, but by all means, certain businesses will definitely go out. And we've already seen some tech business going out of, out of business, unfortunately. We will also see quite a, a number of urban vacation rental and short-term rental companies that will go out, not just in the master lease business like Stay Alfred, but also others uh, in the normal ref share uh, level in cities have been hit very hard. Whereas the leisure industry has held up pretty solidly and now bouncing back extremely strong. So I'm not too worried about the the future of the industry as a whole. Yeah, and I was gonna say prior to our call, you were talking about um, the profitability hub and basically what you guys were saying was, you know, you know, take account into all the costs that go into operation, right? You, you look at the ground up instead of what price you need in order to just get occupancy and, and rev, uh, revenue. So I wanna talk about that just briefly because I think um, you've been saying, you know, profitability is a huge factor and a huge key that you guys are focusing on right now, AJL. Um, and I think, like I said prior, we never really talk as much about profitability or revenue management on the show. Um, it's usually always been about guest experience and all the other things that go into creating, you know, a lot of the businesses that are today, um, which is important. But I think, again, profitability and revenue management is also really key. 
and um, having Andrew McConnell on the show with Rented and now you, um, I want to talk about just a little bit on what profitability means to you and why you guys are going the model that you are and why it's so important because this is something that we apply to our clients, to our owners that put their properties on our, our program. And at the end of the day, yeah, it's a little bit of a harder conversation, I think. But when it comes to sustainability and profitability takes a huge role in that. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. Thank you, Will. And, and thank you for addressing that. That question makes me feel very honored because we've been preaching it. And actually, interesting enough, well, just reflecting it, is that we've started to preach it probably two day, two weeks prior to COVID. So, you know, Nicholas and I put out an article, um, um, a white paper to the industry saying, guys, you know, it's about profitability and it's not about revenue. And, and COVID, you know, not that anybody of, 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 of anyone of this world required, needed it uh, for it to be so, so powerful and devastating at the same, same time. That's what it's all about. So we, so we in, immediately connected COVID or let's say profitability with COVID, which means you need profitability equals oxygen, okay, mm -hmm. in order to breathe. And, you know, in, to, to make that story a bit a little bit deeper, at the end of, of January, I was, I was honored to participate in, in the STR Legends event in Cartagena with Eric Muller and, and Jasper. Um, they've invited me to go and talk about M&A and, 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 and the industry now that I brought together. And we were a great bunch of, of smaller SDR companies who, who came to Colombia for four days to learn you know, from amazing people like Dave Krause from Rent Responsibly and, yeah. and Anton was there from AutoHost as well. So it was a great group. And, and I want to support Eric Muller and, and Jasper in what they're doing as well to sort of support these STR companies. But the, the the result of, of some of them, what we've seen within like two weeks of COVID hitting the United States, they simply went out of business. Hmm. And, you know, they had literally had to sell furniture on the street out of some of their leased units so they could make some cash. And then we were thinking, hey, what is this all about? So maximizing revenue does not mean anything. But the, the meaning of our article actually came from a different point of view. We said we have seen an amazing amount of venture capital investment into the vacation or short-term rental industry with companies like Hostmaker and Air Sorted and, and you name it, right? Guest Ready, um, you know, everybody was raising a ton of capital. STR, you couldn't do anything wrong in, in raising capital, you know, add the tech play to it. But none of these guys are profitable. They are not. And I think the investment world will now flip the switch to say, hey, we want to see profitable growth and we don't want to see scalable revenue. And therefore, we said you need to understand what makes your revenue, like what makes your cost drive, what makes your profit drive, what are your metrics, what are your variable costs, and what, what, what are your fixed costs per booking? And we immediately realized that 70% of, of costs are actually variable per booking and only 30% of fixed costs. Whereas we apply a revenue management approach that the hotel and the airline industry has adopted 20, 25 years ago. And 
it's very simple. An airline who flies, which flies from A to B with a plane has literally the same fixed costs if there's 50 passengers on board or 150 passengers on board. The crew is the same. The fuel is, is pretty much the same. A bit more luggage, a bit more fuel. You still have the airport fees. Everything is the same. So any incremental passenger will, will provide in, in incremental um, gross profit and, and, and therefore is detached so revenue management is detached from cost management. Hotel is the same thing. The hotel is there in our fixed costs, same fixed costs, 200 bookings, 100 bookings, a bit more cleaning, but the fixed costs are the same. Now in, in vacation rental, it's the total opposite. You have 70% variable, which is distribution, check-in, check-out, cleaning costs per unit. And if the unit is booked, you have higher costs than if the unit is not booked. And we don't take that into consideration at all. And therefore, we started to talk about it. And secondly, we now developed our own uh, tool called AGL Pricing Solution, where we, we talk to the property manager and say, forget about revenue management for a moment. Forget about what the comp set is saying and how much you need to price your unit because that's what your competition is doing. Look about look look at your total cost because that will will make you, force you to actually look at your operational expenditure that looks makes you look at your cleaning costs at your linen costs at your check-in costs at your maintenance costs that makes you look at every single cost driver fixed or variable cost to review that so it actually forces you to enter a strategic process and say how efficient is my operation running and i price my units based on my costs. And if they're not met, then I will not rent it because you have, you have a negative, negative contribution and a negative contribution doesn't help anybody, doesn't help the owner. And if you just drive revenue because you need to keep the owners happy, well, then it's maybe time to sit down with the owner and be transparent in what your operating costs are to actually show that, you know, this is happening because at the moment we're seeing this massive margin compression because we do more than 70% of our distribution is handle, is happening through third party distribution channels. If we take a 30% gross margin on average, we are already losing 50% to the OTAs. So we have 15% left to deal with. Technology is becoming more complex and we still need to make some money. So let's look at the cost basis when we start pricing and not at the comp set and the revenue piece of it. 100% agree. And I think there's an old saying, look at the log in your eye before you look at the sliver in the other person's. And Absolutely. I, it goes to a little bit different than what we're talking about, but it's still same kind of uh, concept, right? If you're not looking at your own costs and expenses, but you're looking at your competition or what they're pricing. Yeah, you can meet them or be undercut or whatever, but if you're not meeting your operation costs or if your operation costs are way too high compared to what they could be or what they should be, yeah you're not going to be profitable. So again, profitable equals sustainable, uh, which also equals happy guests, happy owner, happy management company. So yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes, yes totally. That's awesome. And um, yeah, that, that sounds like uh, when I was running a hotel, we always talked about, um, have you heard of uh, six Sigma training? It's um, I think, uh, yeah, you, you know what it is. Um, but basically it's taking, every process that you do and analyzing it and timing it and seeing where the deficiencies are and how you can, you know, incorporate a better method in order to do things better. Well, I've always looked at stuff like that. And when it comes to housekeeping, I think a lot of people forget that yes, it's important to get the unit or room clean at a certain metric and a certain time. But if you are making it the hardest method and like possible way to get it done by having all these extra steps that are not needed, um, you can do 
a great cleaning job that disinfects and is up to CDC, uh, CDC standard with all the COVID-19 stuff, but not take five, six, 20 hours to do it. Um, you just have to come up with a better method in order to make sure that you're being useful with your time. And so that's one thing that a lot of people forget. Um, and that's one thing I always preach to, to our owners and of course our company, we always Absolutely. make sure. Um, so kind of shifting into a different perspective, but also same thing. Do you see a difference in property or brand performances when the owner slash, you know, operator or um, manager go the extra mile on the guest experience compared to creating just a listing, like an average place that they'll just throw on the market? So let's take an urban um, home, for example, furnishing it, putting, you know, pretty pictures on the website or Airbnb, VRBO, and then listing it and letting it go versus another urban home going all out on a unique theme or whatever and awesome experience that the guests will never forget. And then doing the same thing, but also managing it as a, a, a destination compared to an Airbnb as a lot of owners or managers like to say. So do you think that has a difference in, in performance? Maybe, maybe just to give like to, to, to be more clear on the answer, are you differentiating between rent by owners and property management uh, companies when you ask that question? Um, we could do either. Let's do, let's do property management company. They normal listing versus all out themed destination listing in the same market. Um, I'll use one. for example, the star Wars home in Florida, they're in a uh, urban neighborhood, just very cookie cutter neighborhood. All the houses are pretty much, uh, very similar, but they went all out on their listing. They have Star Wars beds and lightsabers and all these like fog machines and, you know, cool, just all out themed house. It costs them another thing like $200,000 just to create this Disney Star Wars themed property versus their neighbor who has just put furniture. It looks clean. It's whatever basic house. Um, do you think there would be a difference in performance uh, when it comes Without to Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So first of all, I believe that rent by owners will will move more their units to property managers, number one. So that has been clearly shown what's happening to the inventory and Airbnb and other platforms that owners have realized it's actually ch more challenging to run a property than, than, than what they thought it was just with marketplaces like Airbnb and HomeAway and Booking.com. Yeah. And, and, you know, to be totally truthful to you, um, you know, Airbnb... I'm not very happy with that because they have become um, they have become the acronym for our industry, yeah. which is wrong because you know Airbnb. None of the people within Airbnb, which look, they've created an amazing company. Don't get me wrong; uh, I have a lot of respect for what Brian and the team has built. But none of these guys clean a toilet. None of these guys um, re like receive a customer. They have absolutely no clue what it means to actually deliver guest experience. So to your point, one thing I would like to mention here is that, which I found very interesting, end of 2019, uh, Focusrite has just released its latest study on vacation rental in the United States. And one of the questions that they're asking travelers, you know, have you rented a unit in the past 12 months or, or not? And th that question has been out for over 15 years since the, since the research has started on, on vacation rental. And the last two consecutive years, it remained flat at 30%. So that means 30% of US travelers do actually rent a property for their vacation. 
And for the last two consecutive years, it has not grown. So it remained at 30%. So this means we are unable as a vacation rental industry to, to address 70% of the travelers in the United States to actually see that as a viable uh, vertical to, to take holidays and, and, and stay at in, in terms of hospitality. So they, they either stay in, in other ways and means and obviously hotels. And, and interesting enough, one of the biggest reasons why people do not rent is because of safety and security. And, and interesting enough why the 30% rent, because they rent, they rent because of safety and security. So we're not doing a very good job at, at actually promoting our value proposition. So to come back to your original question, if we want to address more travelers to our industry, we need to go above the general furnishing, the, furnish, the general property. We need to start delivering more hospitality, hotel-like experience to our guests to say, hey, first of all, this is a very cool place to stay in. Secondly, you have 100% privacy and security. And number three, hey, this is a unique place that you will not get anywhere else. And I totally agree with you. I think we need to become more innovative as an industry. You know, we have, we, we again, we, you know, we did, we, we actually did ourselves bad and, and put content on there that gave us again a bad reputation on become, being a secondhand car dealership or a, or a Tupperware party where mm -hmm. it's just the same, the same, the same. And people just say, this is not a good experience. So I believe that quality of units will lift and uniqueness needs to be lifted as well, because if we want to address these remaining 70% of US travelers who don't rent, then we need to deliver something better than just the furnished price summer. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, the hotels did it themselves too. You know, I think we're gonna see a, a bigger rise in boutique style versus um, branded because oh, they're so cookie cutter and I love brands. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm staying in a Marriott courtyard. I'm a big fan of Marriott and I will always stay in a Marriott if I have the choice for hotels. Um, but when it comes to, I think other, other brands, they just shifted to so much like, all right, how many rooms can we get into this building and let's go for it. And it's just very much cookie cutter. It's, it's nice, but it's not exciting versus the vacation rentals um, that, get you excited to go like I anticipate being there versus the journey getting there if that makes more sense um, absolutely and then another thing that you were saying um, I 100% agree with the Airbnb type stuff that you were saying I have uh, my parents and a couple other of our clients that are always saying well my Airbnb is doing this and doing that and I was like no it's not your Airbnb it's your property on Airbnb um, they are not your brand. You are your brand. Um, you are your property. And that's always yeah. the biggest, the biggest thing. And I, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Eric Mulder um, uh, for STR Legends, he and I were talking on the phone the other day and we both caught ourselves about to say like, oh yeah, my Airbnb, oh, my property. And then we'd be like, oh yeah, we got to get out of that mindset so much. That well, that's, that's, that's one of the first thing I said to Eric and his STR legends guys, like guys, how can you, how, how dare can you build your business model based on one demand channel? That mm -hmm. is, that is scary. And, yeah. and I think they all realize that, and this cannot be the acronym even for making the holidays. Well, I did Airbnb. What did you do? Well, I rented a place. Oh, okay. That's different. Right. And then actually who greeted you and who made sure your place was clean and you had a great, cool experience for sure. Not the channel, it yeah. was somebody else who did that. Right. 
Right. Correct. hundred percent. I love it. I love the way this is going. Um, so like we just talked about, you work from the ground up when it comes to, you know, your clients on, you know, operation costs to then figuring out occupancy and revenue needed compared to the, you know, comp set and everything else. Um, when you're taking on new clients or even doing an overview with current ones, where do you start? Is that where you start is the ground up, like you just said, or how do you start a normal strategy with your team in order to optimize your client's profitability and execution on their strategy? Absolutely. I mean, we, we have different ways and we have broaching and we, the first meeting that we're normally offering is called the strategic deep dive, where we simply analyze the customer strategy within two or three days, depending on the size, depending on the, on, 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 on the structure of the business. We talk to different um, uh, managers across the board to the owners and we have interviews with individual and analyze the entire business and then make strategic strategy recommendation based on where they want to go with their business. And the financial piece of it is quite substantial as well. And then after that, we're starting to break it down. So we, you know, our customer says, look, we've got direct marketing pretty much on the control, but we need help on the technology consulting side, you know, which PMSs should we use, which technology should we, we adapt? And then we talk about profitability, obviously, as well. And, and that is, is very much dependent on the overall strategy, where you want to bring your business. And then pro profitability will become a very quick conversation. And then if we enter that piece of the strategy, then we, we, we require extremely deep uh, access to, to financial data from their accounting system which this is not something the PMS can provide to you. And this is not something a channel manager can provide to you. You actually literally need to see deep accounting numbers. You need to have staff costs. You need to have uh, all other costs associated to properties. And then we analyze that on a, on a, on a, on a, on a unit basis, on a, on a property basis. That's how we then analyze and allocate overall cost. And this is where it becomes very tricky. So if you let, let's, Imagine you have a customer service team of five people and you have 200 units. How do you allocate fixed costs onto these units and say, you know, I have five people in marketing, I have three people in finance, I have two people in HR, I have five people in customer service, and then you need to start allocating these numbers. But interesting enough, it's an amazing exercise because the property manager needs to start thinking about First of all, why do I need these people? What is their what do what value do they create for my business? And how do I allocate the work that they do to 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 a booking? And that that raises a lot of questions and, and a lot of interesting uh, conversations. Say, hey, maybe I have to, I've got too many, or maybe they're not efficient enough, and maybe we should do it differently, and maybe we should outsource certain pieces, maybe we should do more so we can do more. And then they realize, hey, actually, if I add two more customer service people, I can have 10% more bookings because I have lost calls. So I need to organize that too. So I can go go either way. But starting this, this profitability conversation will literally roll up the carpet and you will see anything beneath it and and start to understand, hey, how does my business make money? And it's not just by the ADR, the average day rate that you're charging on, on, on your OTAs, on your direct channel, it actually starts with, hey, how much does each booking make profit when I have it at what price? And what is my cost associated to that? And, and, and we are always flattered by customers. We, we recently just signed a luxury rental company in the French Alps with 150 units. And they said like, you know, we've been looking for this for 10 years and we have not found anything 
because you need to you need to make it happen on a consulting basis and we're in the process of automating this process as well but now it's it's very labor intensive to analyze this data and come to the right conclusion but super interesting process yeah i was gonna say and every variable can make a difference in what you do moving forward like just totally anything like you said taking up that red carpet you can find one thing you're like oh well that just changes our whole strategy now we have to go this way so i think it's very interesting that's what makes it exciting um a lot of people in hospitality um when i first started as a young front desk agent at a you know very nice uh 716 room property i never heard the term adr or revpar or any of these words but then when exposed to it and introduced uh, and then become self-taught. I think so many people, especially in my age group, uh, don't see how exciting this actually can be. Uh, this is a very unique industry and not only is it you know fun to take care of guests and people, but I think the data and the numbers and all the other stuff is really, really unique. Um, it, I don't know, it's exciting. I get, a little, I get a little excited and geek out and especially hearing the stuff that you're saying, it's like, ah. I could do this all day, um, but <laughs> with the uh, obviously the topic of uh, COVID nineteen that we've been kind of covering, we've we've seen markets open up. We've seen um, you know places starting to gain traction, especially with the staycation model. Um, you know, people wanting to travel within forty to hundred miles of their home. Um, what do you think for the current time as we continue to open up in phases? Um, in different destination markets and in different countries, how can a property perform or outperform its competition during these times with using all the material and and uh, strategies that um, most places wouldn't think of? Sure, I mean you know I mean one thing that we this phenomenon we have seen all over the world, so it doesn't matter where you look, you're 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 close by drive-in market is, is going to be the one who is picking up the most. Just people want to get out and they don't want to go too far away, no matter what's like, depending on what's going to happen next. Um, so, but you want to get out of your house. So I think the, the leisure industry in these drive-in markets have, have, have massively benefited. And again, you know, if, if we're talking to property managers, I think interesting enough, we have seen massive shifts in, in, in marketing strategy of DMOs destination marketing uh, organizations. And I think DMOs need to work a lot closer uh, with, with the companies that actually deliver the services to them, being the hotels, being the vacation rental, being the restaurants, being the parks, being the activities within the destination. You know, destinations has always sort of marketed itself as a destination without really thinking about, hey, who are my true service providers to make a good guest experience? It's obviously not the destination it's a brand and it's a, it's, it's, it's a geography, a ge- a geographical destination, but you live and breathe and die by the service providers you have within that, within that ecosystem, right. As a destination. And, and interesting enough, we see that in very different, different places in Europe where property managers are working very close with their destinations uh, in terms of marketing and, and making sure they can provide you know, good input and, and giving giving alternatives and giving good products to the DMOs to actually market and say, hey, you know, we have we have a choice of hospitality products you can choose from, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think 
this is this is super super important the second thing as a homeowner it's more the flexibility on price as well i don't think it's now a time to really maximize your income on your property obviously if you have fixed costs and 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 you need to have a certain income yeah that's totally understood but it's not about i think what i would do right now as a homeowner i would try to give as much flexibility to my property manager as possible and literally tell him, hey, do what you have to do um, to create me revenue and be transparent about it. And then we'll talk about it, how we can share these these revenues. So you make a living because I have an interest as, a, as an individual owner that my PM stays in business uh, because I don't think it's that easy to, 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 to switch over and over and over again uh, because a few will also disappear. So therefore, flexibility, uh, homeowner relationship are equally important as engaging with with local activities and, and DMOs as well. Yeah, and I'm actually currently writing a piece that just talked about um, what you just said. Um, during these times, we need to not expand on marketing into the areas of like shooting out to certain areas to draw people in. We need to internally come in as a community and rely on all the um, like share economy outsource, like we have private chefs that come in and we, it's time. this is a time where you need to rely on that community, that share ecosystem, because that is what will draw people near you when you have not just your property, which is unique and exciting, but every little piece put into it is a little bit of that community and that area that tells a story and it tells a unique story and it makes guests want to come back. And so I think that's uh, pretty incredible that you just said that uh, makes me feel good that maybe we're doing something right over here on the the, the Pacific Northwest. Um, and so for kind of the conclusion of this episode, where can listeners find out more about you? Um, obviously, you can give out a shameless shout out to kind of plug in all your your socials or, you know, maybe a team member or a client or anybody that you uh, feel deserves, you know, a good little shout out there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. So you can find us at, at agl-consulting.com. So that's very easy. You'll find us on, on pretty much every social media, LinkedIn, most engaged as Simon Lehman, myself and AGL Consulting uh, as a company as well. So we're super active in this space. We're helping the industry where we can. And, you know, interesting, Will, when you ask me about this, you know, what happened at COVID and, and, and you know, we, we are seeing different moves and who is taking what out of this. And I think we have seen too many opportunistic people and actually we're standing together and where associations really owning this piece and say, hey, we need standards now, we need to stand together. And, you know, one, one person I would really like to shout out, a dear friend of mine, uh, who I think is doing a tremendous job in bringing all these stakeholders together. And, and if anyone uh, is, is going to be successful in doing this, it's gonna be him. And that's Dave Kraus from Rent Responsibly. Um, Dave Kraus, I have a lot of time for him. You know, he's built Noise Aware with Andrew Schultz. Uh, great guy, a lot of fun, uh, very dedicated, but a huge heart and an extremely focused in what he's doing. And, and he's, he's playing this super hard. And we will do everything possible to support rent responsibly in, in, in achieving this role of advocacy for our industry. And we have a lot of different things when it comes to advocacy in terms of, you know, rules and regulations, safety, and now with COVID standards as well. And I think rent responsibly has become more important than ever 
and he sort of picked the right timing, I guess. Um, uh, good for him that that they can now build on that and say, guys, there, there, there needs to be a body that can bring these different stakeholders, you know, councils, towns, individual owners, property managers, taxes, safety, you know, you name it, bring everybody together and, and, and actually create a super meaningful professional industry that creates jobs, that creates, um, you know, perspective for a lot of people within the travel industry, but also allows people to travel. And I think that in combination is, is what, what Dave and, and his team are doing. Absolutely amazing. And, and we hope they're going a long way. Yes, and I will include all the links and everything that you described uh, in the show notes. And for the listeners um, that may not know or have been following along on episodes, Dave Krause has been on the show. He is a very oh, great. I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, he's very exciting. Um, I first got introduced to him when I went to a Noise Aware HQ uh, in Texas and got to meet uh, the marketing team and hang out with them for a couple of days. Super fun team. Great guys, uh, great people there. Um, great gals. Madison from Noise Aware was on the show. Dave Krause is very exciting and energetic. So his episode was a little uh, a little more pumped <laughs> up than most people, which was really fun. Um, but I will also say for uh, the listeners out there, uh, I was reading, if you are a numbers person or even just like data and enhancing your overall uh, operation or st- uh, strategy, I was reading the uh, short-term rental industry white paper, the road to recovery, re, uh, excuse me, the road to recovery and profitability that AJL and uh, Pillow Talk Media have put out. Um, it's a very, it's good. It's really good. I was very impressed. I actually started reading it last night and couldn't put it down. So um, thank you guys for putting that together. I will also link the way that all the listeners can get that in the show. Um, just because I think it's really key. And of course, right responsibly and all them. So thank you, Simon, for just taking the time to chat and you know talk with me. Uh, it's very exciting. I'm excited to see uh, what you guys are going to keep continuing to do and uh, put out into the industry and to really raise that standard. And so, yeah, just thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Will. And we need exactly people like you to make it happen. So we really appreciate your efforts. Stay well, stay safe. And uh, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.